Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to another episode of Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. I'm Andrew Davidson, SVP and Chief Insights Officer for Mintel Compare Media, based in New York. And today we're going to be discussing some recent developments in the social media landscape. Social media is evolving. We're seeing new features and the pool of social media platforms is expanding. TikTok, Clubhouse and Discord are some of the buzzworthy names you might have heard of. But it seems that each day we learn about something new. What does all of this mean for brands and advertisers? Well, joining me to break it all down for us, I'm delighted to welcome John Polking in Chicago, Rebecca McGrath in London and Laura Zima in New York. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome. Uh, let's do some quick intros. Um, and also, as you're introducing yourselves, just tell me what's your social media platform of choice. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm John Polking, a senior analyst on the U.S. reports team covering mostly gaming, but also social media trends. And my platform of choice is Twitter, for better or for worse. <laughs> you have to think there, John. I ha- it's... <laughs> it's the one I go to the most frequently. I will say that. Hi, I'm Rebecca McGrath. I'm a senior media analyst in the UK. And my platform of choice, is, if we include YouTube, which we do, I would uh, say that's the one I spend most hours on. And then uh, like my backup, I say, is Twitter. Just, again, for, for better or worse, as John said. My name is Laura Zemer. I'm the AVP of Marketing Intelligence at Mintel. Been here three years. I'm part of the consulting group. And uh, my platform of choice is, uh, I may be the oldest person on it, but I have turned into a TikToker this year. So oh. uh, spent way too much time watching uh, watching people review snacks and animals do silly things. It's a blast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a lot of change, um, you know, or is it noise? I mean, are we seeing the fragmentation of the social media landscape? That's the first question I'd like to put to you. I would say yes. I I was thinking this reminds me of almost the, you know, the explosion of when so many cable channels came on the market where now you have audiences that are becoming so disparate. And I mean, as you heard from the, just what we said, we all go to different platforms for different reasons. We have different things that we're looking for. So what is that, you know, what does that mean for brands who you can't just assume everybody's going to be on one platform anymore? Yeah. It's, you know, kind of Facebook has become sort of the standard that, you know, if you're on social media, you probably are on Facebook, but when you branch outside of that um, and YouTube as well, um, you know, at least in the U S we have 44% of adults that visit at least three different social media sites every single day. So you can't just kind of bucket people as, you know, a Facebook person or a TikToker or an Instagram, because there's so much crossover that's happening uh, that it's impossible, I think, to not have it be so fragmented. I think it's definitely a really interesting period right now, because for most part, uh, the social media world, what you'd expect to be such a dynamic and changing world, has been relatively static in terms of the major players in recent years. But with the explosion of TikTok, I think that sort of led the way potentially for more players to come into this sphere now, uh, because TikTok really has become a major player in a way we haven't really seen since Snapchat. 
And then from there too, in addition to this kind of explosion of the new platforms, we're seeing kind of a reinvigorated interest in even some platforms that have been around for a bit, you know, Reddit uh, being just one example, but uh, you know, especially with COVID, everyone is stuck inside and they're kind of reevaluating what they're using technology for and how they're interacting with social media and what they sort of need from social connections online. So I think that that consumer reevaluation, in addition to this kind of exploding of new features and new platforms is creating, is helping to add to this new moment that we're all kind of living through right now. Yeah. But it seems so, but you know, like you say, like the big, you know, Facebook, you know, Instagram, Twitter, they're so dominant, you know, and that's like, it makes me wonder, is it really just, is it real change or is it just noise? Because they're so dominant in the space. I think, as I said before, TikTok really is that sort of, that breakthrough platform where it's unquestionably now having a major impact. And we see all the established players having to sort of, um, take on TikTok features and, understand how to reach that sort of younger demographic that TikTok has obviously uh, connected with so well. So I'd say that is the sign that there's a bigger trend here. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great point. And I mean, I let's dig into then TikTok a bit more because obviously TikTok has just exploded during the pandemic with everybody staying, you know, staying at home. Um, how has it managed to gain that traction and that scale? Yeah, I think, um, I think that, it's you know if you think about the time and sort of what what people needed and it really was that the lost connection the inability to travel things that so many of us face this year the at a very opportune time it's been around for a while but the sort of explosion of it this year really was able to give people something that they were missing and undoubtedly just how it uh, appeals so much to this younger gen Z audience who both are looking potentially for a new platform to explore that wasn't designed with millennials in mind, but also it's just perfect for the, their sort of video editing skills, their creative skills. Um, it really is sort of that digital native, um, complete digital native audience that knows how to create content. And that's what um, TikTok's perfect for. It seems like uh, even more recently, though, everyone's been talking about Clubhouse. As uh, you know, now I was reading the other day, they have now some 13 million downloads this year. So we're hearing all about TikTok, and then we're hearing all about Clubhouse. You know, obviously, it's a new form of audio social media. It's getting a lot of attention, but it seems to have a lot of potential. You know, is is something like Clubhouse here to stay? I I don't know about that one. I I think. Clubhouse might have some course correction to do if they want to gain some permanence. I think certainly, you know, we're in an age of um, audio influencers with podcasts being so popular. And initially what was so compelling about it was the exclusivity with LinkedIn being really flooded and people wanting to have, you know, missing networking from in-person conferences. They had, it was almost a, a personalized masterclass where you had access to Oprah and to Drake. And uh, I've spent a lot of time on this. And so, you know, the exclusivity was certainly appealing and some of the content seemed very rich and you could, you know, have this one-on-one connection with people of influence in in your sphere. But now there's a lot of clutter. A lot of the sessions seem to be very, um, you know, personally motivated and something that don't necessarily 
benefit the collective group of people on the platform. So I think that's one where I'm the Mm. most skeptical versus, you know, we talk about is TikTok a fad, but I see that being able to have a lot more permanence than something like Clubhouse. I think that you're absolutely right in that there's going to need to be some course correction, but I also am a little more hopeful, I think, of something like Clubhouse because (laughs) I think it taps into something that I think there's a lot of demand for and it's that sort of more kind of intimate connection between people. I think the reason that audio has really blown up in the last few years uh, has been because people have figured out how to, you know, combine music and voice and tone and to create more dynamic stories than I think they have been able to in the past. And I think when you add that sort of conversational element to it, it really digs into a kind of general consumer desire to talk to people in a more Mm -hmm. casual way. And I, I think obviously that's been, you know, exacerbated by the pandemic when, you know, we're in this sort of appointment uh, socialization where everything feels kind of regimented and scheduled and to have a platform where people can just kind of go in and talk to each other. It seems so it seems like something we at least I feel like I took advantage of, you know, before going into lockdowns and quarantines and everything like that. And so, yeah, I definitely think that there's some modulation that needs to be done in order to make it palatable because I mean, <laughs> Laura, you know, like the clubhouse dynamic can be exhausting. Uh, but yeah. it's, I think that there's enough there that with some kind of reworking there's, it's going to be sort of a new way for people to, uh, communicate. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see how it navigates the sort of post-pandemic world when we get there in terms of people's lives just being more fragmented and they're being out and about more and less of this sort of moment of live connection. Uh, maybe it's less possible all the time. And then also once it broadens out to a wider audience and having to deal with all the potential controversy that comes with being truly a, a worldwide social network. Well, I was going to say, there must be something to it and that you see all of these uh, other social media platforms trying to copy it, right? You know, you've got Facebook and Spotify or sort of trying to, or reportedly developing their own sort of versions of these sort of audio um, or sort of uh, clubhouse-like uh, social platforms. Another one of those is Discord, uh, which is an interesting one. And of course, Discord started out as a gaming platform and sort of now trying to get into this space. Um, any thoughts on Discord? <laughs> uh, I've got a couple. Uh, because, yeah, it, it's taking kind of a similar path as something like Twitch, where it was really kind of bolstered by the gaming community. But now, in order to establish some growth, they need to kind of pivot away from gaming. And I think, yeah, especially Discord in this past year has taken on a new role as people are seeking some more of those sort of drop-in conversations and casual interactions. And it's built on a gamer mentality. Every Discord uh, URL ends with .gg, which uh, stands for good game. Uh, even if it's like a, a crocheting Discord, uh, it'll still have that sort of, it'll still be sort of tied to the gaming community. But I think that one of the biggest misconceptions about Discord is that gamers are the only ones that can benefit from 
some more of that, you know, casual drop-in conversation because I think why people look to gamers when it comes to those sorts of trends is because gamers are a very, very passionate group. They're very driven by community. They want to talk to people that have similar interests as them. And while that is, again, accelerated by that gaming community, that can describe any sort of passion, whether that's music, movies, TV, Mm -hmm. uh, hiking, anything that establishes and thrives on a group of like-minded people coming together to share ideas and connect with each other and encourage each other and motivate uh, and and fight and do all the things that people do on social media. Something like Discord has a, has a place to bring those people together. And I think it, it has issues like everything does. And there's a lot of you know, hate speech that has gone on the platform that I was looking today. I think I saw that a third of discord staff is, uh, works in like trust and safety departments. They're really really, like making a lot of efforts to, uh, help with that sort of moderation and Mm -hmm. make it a safe place so that people, uh, with a bunch of different interests can come together. But I think there's a lot of work that platforms like discord and Twitch are doing to kind of break away from that, you know, this is, it's not for me uh, mentality. I have to believe there's so much to be done around sort of social TV viewing. Like in the way we obviously social gaming is such a, such a huge trend. And I feel like we haven't quite got there yet with social TV viewing, but there has to be so much. And when we see now Twitch looking into it and uh, with um, Prime, obviously Amazon Prime, there's a lot of space there yeah. for, for them to, to move into that area. But I do think that's a potentially huge phenomenon, watching other people watch TV interacting them while watching, oh, watching other people watch TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well I know on, ne- on, ne- on Netflix you can have, um, you can have like a watch party, can't you? On Netflix. I'm not sure what it's called, but yeah, it's, it, they've piloted, you know, programs where people can come together. But I think one of the things that I like about discord is that they focus on just like simple conversation and big thing is low latency so that basically everyone is experiencing it in real time as opposed to, you know, right now, for example, we're on a Zoom meeting and we might have, you know, we're basically talking in real time, but there's still, you know, half a second, you know, potentially like half a second delay between what I'm saying and what you're hearing. But when it comes to gaming, movies, TV, people want to have Mm. those collective experiences at the same time. So whenever there's that sort of, you know, disconnect between what I'm seeing and what the person I'm talking to is seeing, then that makes the conversation more difficult. Uh, And so I think that any sort of technology, any sort of features that cut down on that and strengthen those connections between what people are seeing, that's going to be a real breakthrough in creating more genuine collective experiences and conversations online. So it's funny because as it's funny as as Rebecca was saying that it made me think about sort of growing up, you know, sitting around the TV with the family, right? You know, that's something with my own family we do we do very rarely because obviously everybody's got the ability to go and do their own thing. Um, so it's kind of it's, it's kind of ironic that sort of almost recreating that. Uh, social environment around entertainment of course we had no choice back in the day but uh um it's definitely uh, an interesting development so we're talking so we're talking about obviously his discord we're talking about uh, clubhouse 
um, TikTok. I mean, these are three uh, uh, you know that most people have heard of. Certainly, if you've worked in the marketing, if you're working in the marketing space, but there's so much, so many of these developments, and I think it's so difficult to know what to pay attention to. You know, how, what, what if you work in brand or in marketing? You know, how should you be responding to these developments? What should you be thinking about? I think the newer social platforms really need to uh, learn from perhaps the error of their uh, predecessors' ways. So brands need to really be thinking about, you know, to what to what we've all been discussing. People are going to platforms for different reasons. And yes, many adults are on multiple platforms a day, but how much time they're spending on each will vary drastically depending on their interests and what they're going there for. So I think if you think about the nature of the platform uh, and what it offers itself, earned Earned and organic interaction with a brand is usually always going to have the best success in terms of engagement and lifts. So what I mean by that is you can, of course, buy paid ads on TikTok, but some of the more creative content with the influencers is what generates the strongest response or brands seeing that they've been integrated into a moment organically and then building off of that. So when we think about people really starting to get frustrated with Facebook, and even to some extent, Instagram and Twitter, it was the influx of ads, ads that aren't relevant to them, ads that are too frequent. So these newer platforms, as well as brands and and agencies, have a challenge to be really creative and integrate with these, with these platforms. So for example, we were talking about Clubhouse course correcting. Um, certainly, you know, brand-sponsored um, sessions is a great way to go, but can you have it um, have this cloud of ex- exclusivity, have you know the right celebrities involved that will get people interested and make, basically make it this thing that you're gifting to the community. That will get you a much, a much higher engagement and lift than something that is forced upon someone. And I think that's true regardless of social, just because of how people like to spend their time there. It's about understanding the relationship between influencers specifically or anyone that's um, promoting a product it's just and their connection with their audience which can be incredibly strong and very influential or can just be someone they hate watch they just have on in the background they might not actually make any purchasing decisions from anything they, they put out there so it's about take digging deeper and understanding does this person have that kind of connection with their audience where they actually are going to be believable in their recommendations and genuinely get them to make a purchase, to have a, you know, to recommend a brand in a way that's authentic. It all comes back to authenticity in this, especially now more than ever with uh, social media. So, okay. So we've been thinking about these platforms, but let's zoom out and think more broadly about, trends across the social media space. What do you think marketers need to pay attention to in the next 12 months? I think that's the biggest thing. Where are groups congregating on these platforms and what are they talking about? Um, Kind of going off of what Rebecca and Laura were saying, it's, you know, these conversations are happening organically. So the brands need to be the ones listening to where these conversations are happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that understanding what brings a community together online is going to be incredibly important to tapping into that community and creating authentic brand engagement that uh, can be, you know, tapped into for long periods of time after that. 
Well, and we've seen, uh, we've seen, you know, when brands try to do this in a really inauthentic way, the communities flat out reject them. There have been, uh, you know, for example, on Twitch, there are things that you can do with basically, and, and TikTok has similar features, but basically tipping influencers or some of the gamers. And, you know, we've seen brands try to sort of, um, you know, sarcastically integrate with that in a way where, you know, the influencer and community is not having it. So you really, you need to have an understanding, uh, you know, of the consumer, of course, and what, what the community is coming together for, or it's not going to work. Yeah. Cause some of the, some of those sarcastic or funny or, you know, just kind of flippant reactions get some traction on social media, but what really people want is for connection. They want encouragement. That's what a lot of people are coming to social media for. They aren't coming to put up a fight or to, you know, crap on somebody for doing something stupid. It's they are trying to find people that they can connect with. And I think social media is a lot more sincere than I think people give it credit for. And so when you give sincerity, you get sincere, you know, brand loyalty back. I was just going to say, it seems to me that the, you know, this authenticity theme that you're, you're, you're talking about, the, the, all of these new emerging platforms, you know, they offer perhaps more, more opportunities to be authentic, but then also on the flip side, more opportunities to mess that up <laughs> from a, you know, if you go sort of like full steam ahead into a particular platform or a particular, you know, new and new sort of innovation in, in social media and you get it wrong. Um, I was going to say that I think part of it, particularly with these new platforms, is letting go of some control over your brand image and letting the consumer dictate that a little bit back to you, particularly with TikTok, where, you know, it's all about creation. It's all about sort of the, um, the user having a fun spin on something, uh, taking it in a direction the brand didn't necessarily choose or control. And you've got to allow that and maybe allow a sense of humor around it as well and not try and fight it too much in a way that, or control that in a way that's, as we say, inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen these big companies try and get like staff to become TikTok influencers in a way that lacks engagement because people know, they know that you're just, you know, you're, you're working for your company and, and sort of trying to sell something. And those are not the trends that are going to work. It's going to be when the consumer sort of dictates some of the brand image and then the company gets on board and it's like, oh yeah, we can laugh at ourselves and we can enjoy this too. Um, so it's just allowing a little bit of your control it's 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 almost like uh you know in uh, uh the aughts or the the teens when uh you know, you'd have a brand say to an agency, make us a viral video. And consumers were so quick to suss out what was, you know, authentic or not authentic. And this is almost that on a greater scale. We see really, you know, certainly on TikTok, but even if you look at something like podcasts, that endorsements and allowing allowing the creator to really own it and run with it. Let them do what they're talented at and why they got so popular in the first place. Those are always the ads that have more impact, not cutting to a red spot. So if you if you trust the creator to be good at, at the at the things that they are naturally good at, that's where brands are seeing the most success. I see. I mean, that's interesting. And it's sort of you. So let's let's think. Let's talk about then who is doing this particularly well. I mean, if if you had to give an award to the brand who had most impressed you with its social media strategy in the past year, uh, who would be your social media brand of the year? 
I, uh, I got to go ocean spray. So, uh, ocean spray, there was a, there was a video on TikTok, um, of a man skateboarding to work. And as he was skateboarding, he was drinking out of a bottle of ocean spray, um, I believe listening to Fleetwood Mac. And obviously that's not something, you know, that they initially started on, but they latched onto it in such a earnest and inspiring way where, you know, they, they, um, you know, they sent him, um, I believe a truck, they, you know, he got a lot of um, notoriety out of it. And then they built upon that and had basically created a challenge, which is a thing on TikTok with either dances or recreating videos. So then you have the ocean spray challenge and it was just so fun and earnest. And and that's the kind of spirit that people also needed this year. So I think it was the reason it was successful is they, they saw something happened with their brand and then they capitalized on it and act. They didn't try to create or orchestrate this, this um, thing, or I mean, goodness, if they did, it, it came off as so authentic. So yeah, it was kind of organic, isn't it? I think that's, yeah, yes. that's the, uh, yeah. My, my brand is little moons, which is a sort of dessert, um, uh, uh, Japanese inspired dessert, And uh, they just, went viral on TikTok and they were, again, just so quick to get on board with uh, all the different ways. Because one of, one of the things that dessert have is these little balls and like they, you can, their texture is, and their color are perfect for TikTok, perfect for mixing with sound, for sort of using in different ways. And then they've become very big with Gen Z and very popular on TikTok. And they've just got completely on board and created really fun content along with it. And just their sales have skyrocketed. And it's just, you know, the perfect capsulation how to just get on board with something um, becoming used in a way you might not have anticipated. Excellent. And I'll bring it back to gaming one more time uh, because... I, I follow it a lot, but uh, following Xbox this last year has been really interesting. Uh, 2020 was a big year for them. They uh, bought some big game studios. They launched a new console. They did all this stuff. But when I was watching them on social media, they were there was a lot of effort put into connecting to its fan base and connecting to its users. A uh, lot of you know direct responses to tweets, a lot of uh, responding to what its competitors were doing in not a, you know, it wasn't in a biting way. It was in a very supportive way. Like, especially, you know, in 2020, it was very much in a, we're all in this together. We understand your choices. We hope you choose us, but, uh, you know, it's all good if you don't, uh, you know, I would watch them respond to people that are, you know, like, oh, I'm going to switch to the PlayStation 5 this year. And they would respond to them being like, well, we hope you come back eventually, you know, have that, right. you know, have fun. We'll, we hope to see you in a couple of <laughs> years. And it was really great because it wasn't, again, it was, it felt sincere. It felt supportive. Uh, and I think that those kind of interactions, even if you might lose somebody now, you're not bitter about it and they, maybe they could come back and other people are seeing that there's not this bitter rivalry, uh, especially in a very competitive market. Yeah. Uh, like confident in their value prop. Exactly. So that if, if people don't see their value prop now, then they're fine with, you know, appealing to the people that do care about that value prop and without, you know, being so timid to lose people that don't 
need that in their lives. Excellent. So Xbox, Ocean Spray, and... Little Moons. Little Moons, social media uh, brands to, 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 to watch, to pay attention to. So I, and can I throw, oh, can I throw one more special go mention? Go on then, uh, John. To, to, sorry, <laughs> but to Reddit. I want to throw a little thing to Reddit uh, as like an advertiser for what they did during the Super Bowl um, with their five second spot that really kind of forced people to engage with it. You know, you couldn't read everything that Reddit had written out in their five second Super Bowl ad, but because it was on such a huge platform, it really tapped into Reddit's, you know, community mindset to pause it, Mm -hmm. dissect it, share it. It felt authentic and it felt like a unique way for a social media brand to cross over into more traditional media too. So just want to throw that out there because I thought that was a really cool way to do it. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. All right, so we're almost out of time. Uh, Final question. So sort of as a wrap, I'm going to ask you to to just fill in the blank. So thinking, obviously, this podcast is about social media. So thinking specifically about social media, uh, fill in the blank, 2021 is the year of the fill in the blank um so let's start with uh with well, let's start with john i'll say 2021 is the year of the hangover i think not in the you know <laughs> we're all drunk so we need to uh, to get through the year but i think that 2020 was such an exhausting year for everyone and uh you know especially in the u.s here um with uh, the you know the protests uh, for racial and social justice and with the election and all the stuff that happened after that. Uh, I think that when it comes to social media, people are looking for a little bit of a, you know, to a a breath. They want to be able to kind of take a breath and find something positive to connect to. So I think that we're all, you know, still shaken up from everything that continues to flood world news and social media users are looking for a little bit of a respite. And I think if we, if brands are encouraging people to take care of themselves, then that's going to be an important message to carry throughout 2021. Interesting. All right, Rebecca. Interest. I agree very much. It's on a slightly different take. I think it'd be year of responsibility for these platforms. Like we haven't talked about it too much, but we are just seeing increased expectations from consumers, from advertisers, from governments, regulators, that these platforms are responsible for the content that's up there, for how it influences Mm -hmm. and and impacts their users. And the major creators and influencers are also having to take increased responsibility for what they're creating. Um, So I think we're going to see more and more just people being held to account for for what they're promoting, what they're saying, and what's on their platform. Yeah, I think that's a, that's an important point. All right, last last word to Laura. So 2021 is the year of the I'm gonna be slightly, slightly more optimistic there and say the year of the creator. I think that, you know, certainly when it comes to who's, you know, who's controlling the content, who brands have to work through. And I'm saying creator and not influencer, very, very, two very different things, not, not hawking products, but um, organically creating these experiences that people, people can engage with. And then even, you know, these platforms need to consider 
Um, and brands in turn too, if you're, if you're doing campaigns on them, how, how can you build that inspiration for everybody? So even if I don't have a goal to be a, a huge creator on TikTok, how can, how can the platform motivate me to get inspired, to seek out creativity, to, to try new things that I haven't before? So I think that the year of the creator, whether it's your own personal content or if it's, you know, Don Farmer reviewing snacks uh, and telling everybody what she thinks. There's there's going to be a lot of that this year. Excellent. Well, you know, you heard it here, whether it's the, the year of the hangover, the year of responsibility or the year of the creator. Obviously, digital advertising um, is very much on the rise and we're seeing a lot of innovation in the social media space. I just want to say thank you to John, to Rebecca and Laura. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to rate and review us. We will catch you on the next episode of Little Conversation. If you want to know more about Mintel, who we are and what we do, head over to Mintel.com and follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts. Bye for now. 